give y'all three this time i had to give y'all three because i'm super duper hype what is going on everybody i'm your host rob back with another episode of from my experience podcast and i am super hype i'm super excited because we have a super duper special guest i'll get to that in a second shout out to you our listeners those of you who like share and subscribe thank you thank you thank you thank you for the continued support thank you for the comments thank you for the emails just thank you thank you thank you don't forget you can support the show by shopping with our affiliates there is a link tree link in the description we have garner's garden we have Acre Gold, we have Jot Forms, and we have Black Water. Who am I forgetting? Click the link, link tree link. We have so many that I can't even keep up with all of them. So click the link tree link. Check out our affiliates. Oh, Acre Gold. I don't think I said them. But check out our affiliates. Shop with them. We'll get a little bit of a kickback, and it will help us move the show forward. Now, ladies and gentlemen... <clears throat> I got to try to keep my emotions in check. This is a very special guest who played a pivotal role in me transitioning from college to the adult world. So (laughs) when I was getting ready, I was doing my last semester of college after I finally passed all of the praxis exams, all of my educators out there. I know I just said the P word. I apologize. Man, and I got assigned... Uh, a teacher you know I was a student teacher and I got assigned to a teacher and when I say I was at one of the lowest points of my life I was broke I was dusty I have no car like I didn't know how I was gonna make it through this semester but this brother when we met we hit it off he used to come pick me up and bring me to school so I could get my stuff done he poured into me we formed a bond of friendship um i ran into him after i started teaching in somerville and i got fat and he was like oh getting kind of big there (laughs) it was like it was like the conversation just continued and i remembered it and it felt good to be able to see him and greet him and thank him for everything that he taught me because it's like yo i'm here now i'm doing it um And he has been doing amazing things. He also has his own podcast that he does with a a, a good friend of his. Um, But we're going to get into that in the interview. But, you know, on this show, you know, uh, me and Jessica always talk about finding, you know, mentors. And he is one of my mentors. He taught me a lot. And one of the things, I think one of the most important things I learned is to be yourself in the classroom just be your normal goofy doofy self don't be some stiff robot in the classroom be yourself and your kids will respect that and they'll love you for it and it it has carried me throughout my career in education so i want to thank him for that and ladies and gentlemen without further ado we have the ceo and founder of the craig king group and the director of the teacher director of teacher leadership at the palmetto state teachers association mr craig king Let me tell you, when, when you reached out to me to come, 
initially I started laughing because I was like, are we going to be able to get through like this podcast without no. laughing the entire time? Like, like 40% of the podcast is going to be us laughing. <laughs> it is, man. There's just so, there were just so many moments. Oh, so many, so many. And, and you, you hit the nail on the head with your introduction because what's crazy is I didn't know you were at a low point until later. Mm-hmm. Daddy you know, know you and, like that? I'm going to tell you my business? Yeah. Like, hey, bro, I'm in a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, it was can pretty you, can bad. You cook, can you pick me up? What? <laughs> <laughs> you got gas money? No. And this one, gas was cheap, y'all. Like a dollar some change. <laughs> it was oh, man. Everything worked out the way it's supposed to, though, man. Because you almost you almost weren't in my class. Yeah, yeah, I was with another teacher. I think they had me. It was too low of a grade level. I think they had me in the first, a first grade. No, you no, you were high. You were in like a fourth or fifth grade classroom. I thought. No, nah, it was a lower level class. Oh, okay. And then they okay. realized I was elementary and I was supposed to be second through six. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it's like y'all didn't see this other black man and the black man in here. Y'all should have automatically <laughs> put us together. Yeah, because you were my, you were my second student teacher. Oh yeah, oh, were yeah. You my first. Were you my first? Nah, you what had two. What year? What year did you graduate? Uh, that's my personal business. No, uh, uh, I finished. Okay, all right. <laughs> I okay. I student taught with you in two thousand nine. That was the fall oh, of two thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You had you, another one. You, I can't remember yeah, his name. You, I remember him though because he yeah. popped in. Yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, you're my third one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. There's a lot of inside. Man, just, keep, just keep going, bro. <laughs> okay. <Just> keep going. <laughs> um. What? I don't even know where to begin, man. You I don't, don't know. Okay, it's, so there's no agenda. I uh, let's talk about the Craig King group. How yeah. did that come about? Actually, right. wait, stop, stop, hold up. All right, all right, yeah. all right, wait, wait. I'm gonna go in chronological order. Yeah, let's do that. You are a 20 plus year cancer survivor. 21 May 2nd. May 21. 2nd. 21 years on May 2nd. 21 years. Does that have anything to do with your story when you were 17? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's start there because I think that'll help give people a premise of part of the reason why you do what you do to this day. Yeah, that sounds good. So um, when I was 17 years old, you know, I was a senior in high school. Actually, I started noticing a lump on my leg towards the end of my junior year in high school. Fast forward to my senior year, played football, uh, went to state championship, lost. Still cry about that every once in a while. Oh. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> played baseball, and the lump on my leg, it kept getting bigger and bigger, larger and larger, and I never got it checked out. And so the summer after I graduated high school, I um, got diagnosed. I was I was making my bed up and hit my leg, and it hurt really bad, mm-hmm. and July of 99, I was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is a type of bone cancer that is prevalent in like teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when And so I was supposed to attend state that fall and start my, you know, education, but I had to take a year off and um, went through 
about 11 months of extensive chemotherapy, limb salvage surgery, almost died twice what? from chemical. Re- yeah. Yeah. I don't think you ever knew that. I almost died twice because of a chemical reaction I had to one of the chemotherapies, methotrexate. Throat swelled up, uh, temperature spiked to like 104. Like, you know, in movies where you see their lives flash before their eyes, yeah. right? That actually happened to me. Like, I could say that's a real thing. And like, I saw images from my childhood up until that, that point just kind of flash before my eyes. And so um, I beat cancer. My last drop of chemotherapy was May 2nd of 2000. And I've been a survivor ever since. And so that experience coupled with some other experiences that I just had in my family drove me to becoming a teacher and drove me to all the philanthropic things that I do now. Um, the work that I do, the work that I believe in, um, the work that matters to me, not just in education, but um, that that was kind of the moment, the pivotal moment that kind of catapulted me. You know, I know cancer is serious. Yeah. I know that it, it kills people. Mm-hmm. I know that I could have easily been one of those people. And Rob, you would have never met Craig. Yeah. Like, how sad would that be if you never met me? Yeah, it would be pretty, pretty messed pretty, up. <laughs> yeah, you, but you wouldn't know. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, but but and I and I realized that, and I know that to be true for anybody that I meet that would not have known me, you know, prior. And so, I take that as a huge responsibility to like not rest on my laurels and say, "Oh, I beat cancer and just kind of let's live a normal life." No, I, there's a reason why I was here, and that reason is to help other people. Yeah. So and yeah, that's. It's kind of the abbreviated version of that that experience at age seventeen that kind of propelled me. Man, I I didn't know that, man. I I, I knew parts of that story, but I didn't know that you almost died twice. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I will say this: you are definitely doing an excellent job of fulfilling your purpose. I am a product of that. I will definitely always claim that and let you know to this day that, man, the stuff that I learned from you about just educating and just working with kids and being a professional and always putting your best foot forward has been priceless. It's yeah. what I get complimented on the most in every observation. It's the same. There's like, oh, your kids love you. You're so funny. Your class is fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should have seen me back Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Like, we, you, you, I think one thing that me and you, we don't talk about enough and I'll say the same with my, my previous student teachers or anybody that, that did work in my classroom, is that those kids that we had in that semester, mm-hmm. they had two black male teachers who loved what they were doing yeah, and showed up for them every day. Yeah. yeah. Like, we don't, we, don't think, we don't think about that. Like, not just one, but they had two of us. They had two. That told them that we loved them. That, like you said, it was silly, funny, had structure, yep. didn't tolerate mess. Now, <laughs> listen, y'all, Mr. King. I keep calling him Mr. King. He used to pull them kids in that corner, <laughs> give them that give it, talking give it, to. Them. Yeah, yeah, and so, but they knew that you know that both the both of us we loved them, and but we had those conversations that came from a place of love, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And and not to tear them down, but to let them know, hey, this is the expectation. Yep. Like if you want to survive and if you want to thrive in this world, 
you have to abide by certain expectations in the classroom. But at the same time, I know that you're a kid. Yeah. Like for me to expect for you to sit in a desk for eight hours in a day, seven, eight hours a day, and just listen to me talk about some subject matter content that you really don't care about. Let's just, <laughs> let's just put the cards on the table. Let's put, look, look. That's true. I know they're not going to see this, but I'm actually putting the cards on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is something I tell teachers all the time, um, especially in my role now. As soon as you get out of your feelings about kids not being passionate and caring about the content that you teach, but they care more about the way in which you teach that content, yep. you will you will, you know, see tremendous gains in their academic performance and their desire to want to be in your classroom yep. and their desire to want to apply that knowledge you give them. They don't care about rocks. They don't, they don't care about dirt they, unless they get to play in it. that's true and like another just to add on to what you said one of the things i definitely picked up too was whenever i got ready to teach a new concept or teach something i showed them how it related to their life this is why you need to know this this is why this is important this is why this is relevant this is why i'm up here but i also had to design ways to make sure i made it fun and entertaining so that i could have their attention long enough to make sure that i taught them what they needed to know um, I can't say everything I want to say because people are going to be like, you did what? But <laughs> when I look at things, I'm like, this all they need to know? Okay. So some things I put to the side, you know, eh. Because yeah. I'm just like, come on, I got this amount of time to teach them. This is what they need to know. I can get them there by doing one, two, and three. I don't need to do one through 15, even though it may be <clears throat> printed somewhere and uh, it's high, highly and heavily suggested that I do so. But it's like, if you're not in yeah. there with them, you, it's not. It's unrealistic. You got to be in there with me Man. to see these kids and see how see their levels and see our relationships yeah. to know that hey, I know that this is gonna work for him. I know that this will work for these five over there, these ten over here. This will work for them. But only I know that because I'm with them all the time. Yeah, and, and guess what? Here's a little secret for the people out there: teachers are professionals. <laughs> you know what they do. <laughs> I am your conscious. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a novel concept. Teachers are professionals, so they may know what they're talking about. Yeah. So, so, and that was the beauty of being at Whitaker under the leadership of Dr. Hicks. Yeah. The late, great Dr. Betty Hicks, who I miss every day, who gave me my first job. Yes, Dr. Hicks. I remember I brought Film and Friday, which you probably remember when we yeah. used to do Film and Friday. And I came to her and she allowed me to use that as a type of assessment, not just a paper and pencil. But she gave me the autonomy in my classroom to say, hey, Craig, this is what's working with your students. You go for it and you do it. And not just, okay, this is printed in the paper. This is exactly how you need to do it. Like you were just saying, you know, teachers are professionals, right? So if they say in their professional opinion that this is going to work best for these students that I see every day that I have relationships with, give me the autonomy to do that. Yes. And here's the concept. Get on my soapbox. I'm going to put the cards back on the table. (laughs) The results that are expected, whether it's a grade or application or knowledge or increase in knowledge, may not be seen in those 180 calendar days. Facts. That's another thing I realized, Rob. Like, if now being, you know, almost 10 years removed from leaving a classroom, Seeing my students now productive, some of those students that struggled, 
being very productive, being yes. Marines, being law enforcement, oh, being scientists, yes. graduating like, you know, and just seeing them grow and being great, you know, citizens and stuff. So it's just like that that is what I wanted. That was the ultimate goal. And I think the way I approached it, which you know, you, you have adopted and you use it you with your students, is the way that it should be. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, like you. What you're saying, man, you just is warming my heart, man. I'm, I'm thinking about because I'm at the age now. My first class, they are, they should be sophomores in college, and I saw a few of them before I moved from South Carolina, and they ran up to me, and they were telling, and I taught them in fifth grade. They're about to graduate high school. I taught them mm -hmm. in fifth grade, and they're telling me how they remember my class and the jokes and the stuff I used to tell them and how they didn't understand it back then. But now they're like, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. I don't like working this job, but I need to make money so I can blah, blah, blah. They're like, you were teaching us all this adult stuff, and we didn't really get it, but now we see. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, one of them was like, I'm going to the, she told me she was going to the Air Force because she, she remembered me saying, you know, college is for some people, but there are other things that you can do with your life. Like everyone isn't meant to go to college. Everyone can't even afford to go to college. But if you're not going to do that, at least have a plan ahead of time to say, okay, what am I going to do when I finish high school? So what you're saying is a thousand percent accurate, man. It just, it felt so good to see that and hear that. Um, I'm friends with some of the parents of the kids that I taught and mm -hmm. I see some of them going to colleges now and I'm just like, ah, getting dusty yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are getting dusty and all. Nah, speak yeah. for yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, what um, what led to your transition out of the classroom? Man, that's a great question, Rob, and I get it a lot. I haven't gotten it recently, probably because we were in a pandemic. But um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, you just I, everybody's been working from home, and you're not interacting with people. So, my last year teaching, so that was. So I, you were with me in 2009. I had just finished being district teacher of the year, I think, when you came to my classroom. Because I was district teacher of the year in 07, 08. I just had you. And so I started being asked to be on all these committees and just so many different things outside of the classroom that was taking me out of the classroom. And so in my mind, I was going to teach for 30 years, third grade, retire, right off into the sunset. Mm -hmm. um, my last year teaching my kids suffered because of my professional growth. Mm. And that's something a lot of teachers don't want to admit, but I know the single most important factor of a student succeeding is that teacher in that classroom. Regardless of what they have going on at home, in the community, that teacher is still the number one factor of that child succeeding. And I, I took a lot of pride and pressure um, and responsibility knowing that. And so that last year when I used to have to go several conferences for add-on certifications and all these different things. And when you're, when you leave your class, if you're a teacher and you leave your classroom and you tell your kids going to be out and they cry because you're going to leave. Yeah. Then you know, you're making an impact. I mean, when I said, Hey, I'm leaving, you're going to have a sub. And back in the day, I remember, you know, like what? Sub. Yeah. You <laughs> know, whatever. Yeah. You used to be happy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, the job I currently have and where I work now, Rob, I was offered this job three times before I took it. Whew. I got offered the job, I'm, let me say 2011. So the first time I got offered was probably in 2009, maybe. Mm -hmm. 
um, the executive director now, she asked me at a conference in Rock Hill, I'll never forget, at Southside, um, I think it's South Point High School in Rock Hill. She said, Craig, really want you to come on my staff. I had just finished being a district teacher of the year. I was like, Kathy, nah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna teach for the rest of my life, I'm good. Second year, same thing, nope, I'm good. Third year, nope, I'm good. And then maybe that December when she was working on the budget, I was thinking about that year and I was thinking about how, and this got out of the truth because the flexibility and everything was offered three years prior. Mm-hmm. Like the flexibility schedule, like a lot of people looked at me and said, why didn't you take your first year? Because I was actually operating in what I felt was my gift, right? right? But to answer your question, I considered and I eventually left because I, I didn't want to pigeon my professional career that was actually going to impact more students mm-hmm. outside of my current classroom like i was i was leaving to be a, a statewide advocate for all students and teachers in south carolina and so that was probably the most difficult professional and almost personal decision i ever had to make because mm-hmm. i left because my kids were being shortchanged they they did not have a consistent teacher in that classroom because Otherwise, I would have I would have still been there probably in that yeah. room sixty one at Whitaker. You know, I mean, I probably would have still been right there doing drill teams, <laughs> being a drill team advisor. Yeah, you know, and all that stuff, man. But um, wow. that's the god honest truth of why I left, man. Because if it was about more money or more flexible schedule, I would have left three years prior. Yeah, you. I would have I would have been gone. Man, we just made another connection. Um, wow. I, I did the same thing when I when I resigned from teaching to do real estate full time. That was the reason I started doing real estate and my kids just weren't getting enough of me. And I, mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't 100 percent fulfilled and I recognized it. And I was like, I need to choose because it's not fair to them. Yep. So I made the choice um, and I tried it for a while. And now I'm back. The question I have for you. So in that during that transition, what were you going through mentally? What were some of your thoughts and like innermost thoughts and feelings about the situation? Because I, I know how difficult that was. Because like when I resigned, the principal at the time, she was the Title I facilitator when I got to the school. She was my mentor. I watched her become a vice principal and then a principal. So this is someone who was like always there for me from the beginning. And like yeah. I almost shed tears in this woman's office, man, because I just remember how much she poured into me and others. Mm-hmm. And all she wanted was the best for me. And I was yeah. just like, eh. And I was like, I was like, if I ever come back in South Carolina and teach, I was like, I want to teach for you. Like, that was yeah. tough. Yeah, it it was. Um, before I answer your question about kind of my, you, you want to know kind of where my mental space was, kind yeah. of things I was. So I so let's go. Let's rewind back to the day before the last day of 2011. So up until that day, I had not told my students I was leaving. Oh. <laughs> I was out. Part of me didn't want to tear, tell them, and then part of me convinced myself it's no big deal. Like they'll they've gra- they're they're going to the fourth grade. It's not that big of a deal. So one of my so that the day before the last day, one of my parents, Miss Sweeper, was in the classroom, and the kids were just talking about, "Oh, Mister King, when I come back to school, I'm gonna come by your classroom and see you on the first day of school next year." And Miss Sweeper, I remember it like it was yesterday. Miss Miss Sweeper kind of cut eyes at me she was like mr king you need to tell him because she knew because she was a staple in my classroom and she kind of she knew what was going on she hadn't told her daughter yet 
Um, she was like, Mr. King, you need to tell them before tomorrow, the last day you need to tell them today. And so before the bell rang, I sat down and had a conversation. I told them, bruh, when I tell you it was not a dry space in that room, every kid ran out boo-boo crying. Mm. Like I got so many calls from parents like, what? They say you leave with kid? What's going on with kid? And so yeah. that right there just kind of opened my eyes because sometimes you, like I, I know I knew that I was making an impact. I knew that. Yeah. But I didn't know the the magnitude of it. Yeah. I didn't realize the magnitude of it. So so mentally I started second guessing my decision. Yeah. To man. leave. I, I, I started saying, well, maybe I should stay, maybe, you know, I can make it work. I can try to get some flexible time and um to be able to do the things I wanna still do professionally and, 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 and things like that. But Mentally, I thought I was in a good place, and then I started second guessing myself. Am I ready to be a statewide advocate for teachers and students? Like, am I ready to take on that responsibility? And the answer was yes. Mm-hmm. But I still, I did to answer your question. I had some some moments where I was like, Am I good enough to do this, or am I qualified to do it? Even though I had that previous background in advocacy because of my cancer experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because I did some advocacy on the state and national level before I did this. Um, but yeah, it was tough, bro. It, it was, it was, it was, it was tough. But then I realized kind of what I was doing, and and I got realigned, and um, I was still able to go back in the classroom and do things like here in the Columbia area. Mm-hmm. Um, kept in contact with my students. Yeah. Um, that was big. Like. I had my personal rule of I'm not adding you on Facebook or any social media until you graduate from high school. The thing is, I wouldn't consider it. Yeah. So some people, I, some students, I haven't added because <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple. I got a couple. I just, I just say I just I can't add you. I, I just kind of skim the pro. I, said, nah, I can't do that. I got a few. I got a few unexpe- I got the unexpected ones. Like I have yeah. the one, I, yeah. I but 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 yeah. I will. But all of them, if I saw them, they they will get my undivided attention. And the beauty of each class, I don't know if you remember this. Each class, they always have a way to contact me. Yeah, I don't remember the last day of school. Each of them got a class picture, and on the back of that picture, I put my parents' mailing address and an email address I've had since high school. Yeah, that's full of spam right now, probably, but it's still active, and I still check. And I've had some students actually email me um, and a couple that have sent me letters and stuff. So they always know how to contact me. Um, just, you know, social media, I'm just cautious with social media. You, like you, so. you got to be, man. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are listening, I want y'all to really take in what we're talking about. This is the side of teaching that y'all really don't get to see, especially from a male perspective. We're affected too, like... I remember after I resigned, like my coworkers were calling me that next school year because I taught fifth grade. They were telling me how kids were crying at registration because they're like, where's Mr. Wilson? I was looking forward to being in his class. Like, mo- like kids, these are kids I did not know, y'all. These are kids like fourth graders. I did not really have a relationship. I might have say hi in the hallway. Like my reputation was just like that throughout the school. And I was, I felt bad. I was like, dang, like it was a little easier for me. Cause I taught fifth grade. Y'all going to middle school. Yeah. Some of my middle schoolers were still, they didn't think I was really resigning. They would come back to the elementary school and say, where's Mr. Wilson. They would walk their siblings to class and they mm-hmm. had to be there. 
Um, and it, it, it pulls on the heartstrings. It makes you Bruh. feel it makes you feel guilty and it will make you question, Am I supposed to be doing this, man? It, it's I'm just feeling the way think <laughs> thinking about it, man, and just thinking about those kids and those little faces and just wow. Yeah. 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 So that that was that was a transition that I'm glad I made. It was difficult to make. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I spent the next you know, eight, nine years doing the advocacy for teachers and students, which was a challenge in itself, you know, just the political side of it and the snail pace of getting teachers what they deserve and getting students what they deserve. It's it's like a snail and it's like a snail race, bro. It it really is. (laughs) (laughs) Literally watching the snails. (laughs) I wish I could... <laughs> you know I know because I'm I'm in education, so I I definitely I definitely know. But where I'm at now, ah, things are moving a bit faster. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. you had to go up north. Yeah, yeah but um, but no thing. And and so I also realized where when it was time for me to transition, I was able to go to my my boss and say, "Hey, I want to do something different." And it worked out where somebody else came on and did the advocacy work, and I transitioned to director of teacher leadership where. I work more directly with teachers, especially younger teachers, teachers in college and first and second year teachers, uh, leading professional learning, um, you know, mentoring. That's another thing that, so this job that I currently have, I'm able to make it my own. Um, nice. And one thing I've incorporated is mentoring guys that look like you and me, mm-hmm. intentionally doing that. So one of my mentees um, is a senior at Francis Marion, teaching fellow, uh, African-American male, teaching uh, student teaching in middle school right now. Um, and the thing about mentoring, and I said this on a podcast, um, recently, another podcast of a friend that I went to state with mentoring was something I realized that this is going to sound crazy when I say it, Rob, <clears throat> when someone asks you to be a mentor to them or to, to a group of boys or whoever, it's okay to say no. Right. And let me explain that because you can do so much damage if you start mentoring somebody and you stop yes like it's better they're better off if you don't even start especially when that attachment comes because like i'm confident in who i am now being 39 almost 40 (laughs) (laughs) where i know the value i bring to mentoring someone and that's not to say i'm um overconfident it's just i'm confident in my lived experiences, my education, um, my knowledge of how things work in education and just leadership and just in life. And so I had an initial call because I got uh, asked to, to mentor this young man. And um, he did something that really spoke to what mentorship should be uh, from both sides. And so we had our conversation. And you know how it is when you have a conversation, you say, oh, yeah, we're going to stay connected. And you mean it, yeah, right? Yeah. And he was like, Let's do this every Tuesday at the same time. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That showed me a few things. It showed me that one, in that one conversation, he saw the value that I could bring to his life. And he wanted more of that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But he also put accountability back on me, like, okay, you're you're initiating this conversation. You must have the time to be a mentor. Time. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and so it's on my calendar. If you see it, every Tuesday at 5 o'clock. 
on the way home from work or on the way to the gym, I call him and, and we talk for like 30 minutes. And, you know, sometimes life happens yeah. and we can't talk. And we'll text each other, hey, I can't talk. Let's catch up next week. But it's on my calendar every week. Repeat it. Man. And so. That's a gym. Yeah, it is. To, yeah, y'all need to write that down. That's something I need yeah. to take on because that's that's something I feel like now at the school that I'm at now, I have more kids that look like me. Very mixed bag. I love it. Um, and yeah. I feel like I'm going to be pulled in the direction of doing some of those things. And that's another reason why I'm tightening up some stuff in my personal life and taking stuff off my plate because I do want to make room for them because I know how impactful it was for me growing up. So I'm just like mm -hmm. a conversation or just having someone in your corner, especially as a young black man in this country can change your entire <sighs> life. The trajectory is, is, it hits different. Yeah. Who you telling? Who you telling? You see it. Yeah. You see it. You see it. And there's just, there's nothing like it y'all. There's nothing like yeah. it. Okay. The Craig King group. Uh, named it after yourself, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a story behind that, though. Okay. That includes Claflin University, believe it or not. Oh, the Claflin University. The Claflin. We didn't talk about college. You know, SC State, go shout out to the Bulldogs. <laughs> we were neighbors. We were definitely neighbors. All love. Yeah, yeah, all love for sure. Um, but so Craig King Group, um, I've been in, I'm a workpreneur. So shout out to the workpreneur. <laughs> Wait a minute. No. What you is never heard of that before? No, man. Oh, you're, work you're a workpreneur. So let me tell you, work workpreneurs are great because, like, what what's the buzzword now? It's not even a buzzword. It's a real thing, like entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, you're an entrepreneur. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a workpreneur. I have a nine to five. I have an income that comes in every two weeks that I know is going to be a certain amount mm -hmm. that I'm getting paid. I'm, I have a salary job. But I also have a business on the side where I speak, I write books, I do consulting on the side that's not affiliated with my job, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm a workpreneur and I'm and it's okay. Like I wanna shout out to everybody out there. I know there's, you know, a push. If you feel entrepreneurship is in your calling and you need to leave your job, go for it. But if you also feel like you like the stability of having a nine to five, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and you feel like you have the time and the energy to devote to you being an entrepreneur outside of that too. I call it workpreneur. I didn't create that. I heard it somewhere and I figured out what it was. Makes sense. Work, I'm a workpreneur. So um, Craig King Group officially launched in 2015. And so um, the, the reason why I chose Craig King Group, it's still me currently. But <laughs> this is the <laughs>
educator Stephen Peters, who his wife, I think, I don't know if his wife still works there or not, but was a professor at state at, at Claflin. I'm sorry, but Stephen Peters was a speaker there, and he had a conference called um, a session, mm-hmm. and he talked about capture inspired then teaching students, and that kind of became my philosophy of education. Fast forward to me stalking this guy, literally seeing everything that he's done in education. And I saw where he had his own business, but he also had um, the Stephen Peters group. And when you looked at the group of people, there it was other individuals, individuals across the country that also had their own thing going. But then he also had partnerships with them where if he came to their city or did whatever, if there was an expertise that he wasn't um, full, fully versed on, they were part of his circle or his group. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that's really cool. Like, what if, oh. you know, yeah. So what if like someone contacted me and I have this in an abstract form, Rob, because I've gotten con- contacts I, just recently. I got asked to speak at a conference that was tailored for like pre-K through like first grade mm-hmm. teachers. And that wasn't really my scope. Right. Right. I could have, I could have did it and yeah. got paid for it. Like I could have came up with something. Yeah. <laughs> <got paid> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm being real. Yeah. I'm being real. Yeah. I'm being right. real, but I'm like, how do I build, how do I support the network of people, the network of people that I'm already affiliated with? Hey, Kobe deals with that genre, right? Mm-hmm. He used to be a kindergarten teacher or, Somebody else, you know, I'm going to pass that on to them. Nice. So in the abstract form, I do have more than one person. It's just not like formulated like on my website. But that's where I got the idea of the Cranking Group because, yes, it's my baby and these are the things that I can offer. But if someone comes to me and I can't offer that, here's a select few of individuals that I'm connected with that you can book. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where the name came from. And I really just wanted to formalize the business part of it. And so I got hip to the money that's in education um, in 2010. So in 2009, there's another story. I'm going to get you there to the Craig King Group. Oh, okay? I'm, I'm, gonna get I'm, you there. I'm, I'm at the edge of my seat. I'm loving this. In, 20, in 2009, I was in the Dominican Republic on vacation. So the summer, the summer after you graduated, you needed to bring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, Rob was a pain. <laughs> but that that April was it spring break? It had to be spring break. So you weren't done yet. It was spring break. Anyway, we went to the Dominican Republic. I'm sitting by the pool. Me and my best friend and I, we're we're sitting by the pool, and we see this other couple, another black couple, having a just a regular conversation. Hey, where y'all from? Where y'all from? I'm like, I'm from South Carolina. And I'm like, oh, the lady, um, Deb Brown. She's like, I'm from South Carolina. She was like, I'm from Utahville. Ooh. She was like, you probably don't know where that is. I'm like, I'm from Manning. I know exactly where Utahville <laughs> yeah. is. I went to South Carolina State. She's like, oh, I went to South Carolina State. My husband went there too. Long story short, she is over professional development for ASCD. Oh. Yes. The ASCD. Oh. The. And so she was like, do y'all do any presenting? And I'm a, at the time, I'm a third grade teacher, as you know. And I was like, I'm presenting, I presented some stuff in district, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, why don't you send me a proposal for our upcoming conference in Chicago, Illinois, on October 28th through the 31st, I think it was the date, 2010. 
And I'm like, sure. So I submit the proposal, Rob. Mm -hmm. It gets accepted. Mm -hmm. She gives me a primetime slot on a Sunday morning for three hours to present, drum roll, filming Friday. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So something that I learned from uh, Mr. Moss, one of my first student teachers, is something that was accepted. And she told me something, Rob. She was like, Craig, I'm taking a chance on you. I, most of the people that we have are, have books, are doctors, have extensive education. They, they don't have just four or five years teaching. Yeah. yeah. So I'm taking a chance on you. So prior to even going to Chicago, my name is not affiliated with ASCD because they upload my bio, my picture. So let's go to Buford, South Carolina. Buford? You following me? Yeah. Buford. Burford. <laughs> so, Nakia Campbell, who I always I give credit to, her and Deb Brown, um, give them a lot of credit to launching my consulting and realizing that I have a voice that people wanted to pay for. Right? Uh-huh. Not just the give me a box lunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what they do. Yo, we got to stop working. Y'all got to stop working for food eventually. You stop. I, and I'm not judging you because that was me. Hey, Craig, can you come speak at this place? And not affiliated with my my work, just yeah. can you come speak and do whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, thanks for coming. Here's a box lunch, or here's a gift card, a, a fifteen dollar um, McDonald's gift card, or whatever. Yeah. Didn't realize what my value was. So go to the Kia Campbell, who's over um, the Summer Institute, where it's three days for Berkeley. Am I saying Buford? Am I? Yes, yeah, Buford. Mm-hmm. Summer Institute for Buford County. They pay teachers to come. It's three days. They invite three keynote speakers. It's always a superintendent. And then that year was the national um, principal of the year from Maryland. Forgot his name. Wow. And they needed a third speaker. She was like, Craig, I've never heard it. I remember she called me. I remember I was <laughs> outside my apartment in Orangeburg paying $400 a month. I graduated and started teaching. Go ahead. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Go ahead. You're crazy, man. 400 rent, man. Yeah, so, those times anyway, are gone, by called, the way, ladies and gentlemen. She called me, and it's going to get to Craig King Group, I promise. Yeah, you good. She, she, said, um, she said, Craig, um, I've never heard of you, but I see that you're in South Carolina, and you're a teacher, but you're affiliated with ASCD, so you must know what you're talking about. Nice. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, so yeah, what do you need? Look. I know nothing about consulting fees, none of that. And so she proceeded to say, we have a summer teacher institute. We want you to speak to our 600 teachers for 45 minutes. And I want you to do two breakout sessions afterwards. She was like, what's your consulting fee? Rob, I know nothing about consulting fees. I just booked this 
you know, to go speak in Chicago, uh-huh. they don't, they just pay your flight and your room. Like your first time going, they're not going to pay you because they don't, they want to see if you're good or not. Yeah. So I'm not getting paid for Chicago. They're just flying me up there, paying for my room and board, paying for my meals. I'm not getting a check. Yeah. You know? Um, so I still know nothing about consulting and fees. And she was like, what's your consultant fee? What did I, what did I say, Rob? Take a guess. 400? I wish. What? Go lower. <laughs> 200? Go lower, Rob. You ain't say $100. I said $100. I, I said $100. I knew no better. I true, knew no better. true. I didn't factor in, like, driving down there, getting a hotel room. None, I didn't factor yeah, any honestly, of that in. Yeah. And so she said, Craig, and she gave me this, after she stopped laughing. You said a hundred dollars and she busted out laughing. Oh yeah, she was laughing. She was laughing. Yeah, that I'm a, I'm a quick pause. Those of you, especially if you're younger listening to this, take some time just coming from us. Cause I did the same thing when I was DJing. I didn't know what to charge people. I'm charging people fifty dollars, but I'm DJing for four hours. You mm-hmm. have to stop and calculate, and you can't be yeah. st- st- pick a number. Think you about what, what your, your time value is. Worth. Yeah, figure out what your value is, and stick to your number, man. Stick to your number, but there, it happens. It happens. I'm with it you. It happens, and I, and there's <laughs> no embarrassment in me sharing that story. Laughing. There's no embarrassment in me sharing that story. Yeah. And so she, after she stopped laughing, she was like, "Craig, I can tell you don't know. You this you're new to this space." And I said, "I am. I, I don't know." I said, "I don't know," and she said. At a minimum, for for coming to speak, at a minimum, you should charge us $1,800 at a minimum. And at a minimum, but I can't, I can't tell you that you have to tell me what your fee is. Mm-hmm. And she, she put, she hit me to like the game because I would have went down there and, and, and spent a hundred dollars or got paid a hundred dollars to blow these teachers away is which is what i did i went down there and i did what i i did i talked about my classroom our classroom yeah you didn't get a check but it was not eh. but <laughs> but no i went up like seriously i went down there i killed it man i killed my breakout sessions they gave me a check and i just looked at it and i was just like so this school district really gave me this check for for something that they saw value in, and then I finally value myself. Right. So fast forward to to, and that happened after. Let me see. That happened. That happened that following summer. Yeah. So that following summer, that in 2010 is when I did Summer Institute. Um, I got booked for um, Chicago that following October. The the thing that was on the website. Mm-hmm. And I remember flying to Chicago. Talked about Summer Friday, three hours. Um, and I did so well that Deb and ASCD asked me back multiple times. I ended up presenting at ASCD in, um, National Harbor, Maryland, St. Louis, and I, um, and then DC and New Orleans. I think it was New Orleans, but I can't remember the third city right now. But anyway, I started seeing the value of what I brought and saw that I needed to place a value on it. Yeah. And that's the, and I'll be honest with you, I still struggle with that sometimes now, um, being in and being a workpreneur, right? I'm and gonna so, have a conversation with you about that um, off air about because I need to, I have to, yeah, go ahead. 
Because, yeah, that, and there are people, and I found now, Rob, where now it's not just education because I've dived deep into leadership and customer service um, where I've done leadership training for a bank. Mm. I've done leadership training for Chick-fil-A. Oh, and free Chick-fil-A for life? No, no, no. Oh, sorry. They, they paid me, cut me a check. Um, <laughs> and another thing that recently happened to me, um, and I can't give the details yet because it's not final, mm-hmm. but someone who I respect, I've respected my entire life, who has a consulting firm, recently reached out to me for me to be a part-time consultant for his agency. Oh, wow. And I, I actually observed him and his some of his business partners doing work recently on a call. And so, like I said, it's not final yet, but he reached out to me. And so now, not only am I believing in the value I bring, other people are seeing the value that I can bring from yep. afar. Yep. So what are people saying about you? So some, obviously somebody is saying something about me when I'm not even around. And he's seeing the work that I'm doing from far, saying, hey, Craig has great, great communication skills. He's an educator. Educators, like, we can do anything. Yes. That's why so many industries want educators. Because yes. we know how to multitask. We know how to plan. We know how to execute. We know how to think on our feet. Organize. All the, analyze we're data. organized. Now, if you looked at my classroom, you might not have thought I was organized. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, Rob would tell you that. It was the most organized class. Yeah, it was a little dirty sometimes. But, it's, but um, yeah, so I, the Craig King group kind of formulated out of that, and um, I wanted to formalize it. And so, um, yeah, that's that's kind of where it came from. Wow, man. Um, that was probably a 30-minute 30, 30 answer. No, it was it was needed though. You actually just helped me on a very personal level. Um I got asked to uh <laughs> shout out to Dr. Ashley Dash. Um she helped me uh get my resume together and I transitioned up here and she started National Black Man Day. And she had a conference for it last year <clears throat> and I was a I was uh I facilitated a couple sessions. And she came back to me for so I could do this year as well as a virtual conference. I'm gonna send you the information because I saw the way yeah. your face lit up. Um, she'll be back yeah. on the podcast again. Um, I think in June or July, but she was on early earlier this year. But that was something that kind of like you. It was when she asked me. I was like, "Well, what?" What she was like, "I listened to your podcast. Like I did when I." She was like, "When I interviewed with you, I was like, yep, that's one of the voices I want.'" And she was mm-hmm. like, have you ever thought about doing more speaking engagements? And I was like, eh, no. But when I thought about it, I was like, bro, you record two, three podcasts a week. That's all you're doing. You're speaking to people. You're sharing your experiences. Yep. You're giving people an opportunity to express themselves in a comfortable environment. I'm like, I'm good at this. So now I got to figure out the other side thing. I'm not, I'm not going to ask for $100. Let me tell you all that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was young. It was 2009. I ain't know about it. <laughs> but I'll go, he said after but, she but stopped it, laughing, I can't get over that. <laughs> but man, but think about how many people I'm helping. Not just because yeah. I've shared that story honestly with a lot of people. And I know it, it's helped people. Yeah. I had no idea. And, I, you know, I was like, Nakia, I don't know. And, and to this day, if Nakia Campbell calls me, I'm picking up the phone and whatever she needs, she got it. Yep. Deb Parks Brown, same thing. She's retired from ASCD now, but if she needs something, she can call me and she got it. 
Nancy Ford, who gave me my first membership in Orangeburg. She used to work for the district down there, who gave me my first membership to ASCD. Didn't even know what she was kind of sewing into. Later, I'm picking up the phone. Like, certain people that poured into me, yeah. I'm picking up the phone. And if it's not like, if I can do it, it's like, I'm doing it. Right. Unless it's just impossible now. You know, yeah. I can't do it. You know, but... <clears throat> You, you mentioned pouring into people, man. That's the see. That's the that's the other thing, man. When you're in position and you see someone coming up, um, and they tell you, "I don't know, I'm unsure." Yo, put them on game. Teach them. That is how they become better. That is how they grow, and that's how you develop a real relationship. So we can pass that information down to the next person and the next person. Because now what you went through is helping me. Because I feel like that's the space I'm going to enter into soon. And I'm like, I need to figure some of this out. Real estate taught me some things, but that's different because you can actually see what I'm doing and then there's a fee and all this other stuff. But like, this is different. It's like, there's no blueprint. There's no no blueprint for, hey, this is how you value a speech from you. There's no blueprint for it. And then you're afraid of rejection because like, oh, am I asking too much? Am I asking for not enough? I don't want them to say no because this is extra money I wasn't thinking about. There's so many things that go through your head. Um, And then just wanting the experience sometimes too. Mm -hmm. Because every, as Charlamagne the God says, every opportunity, every opportunity isn't attached to a paycheck, which is true. Yeah. But if you can get paid, get paid. Yeah. A recent contract that I just secured, I remember they, when they reached out to me about the opportunity. And Kobe has been instrumental in my thought process because he's a full-time entrepreneur. This guy is like heavy, like Kobe. And I'm, I'm honored to be doing a podcast with him. Um, and I told him kind of about the opportunity and I told him what I was thinking about doing. He was like, do it. Because like the thing was so far-fetched, like what I was asking, it was just so far-fetched. He was like, all they can do is say no. Yeah. And then they can come with a counter. And if you feel like that counter is worth your value, you can say, guess what? You can say yes. Or you can say no. Mm-hmm. And so the far-fetched thing, and it's not even far-fetched. It was my value, mm-hmm. right? Like it was a it was a price point that included my book um, and some other stuff. and But it was something that they weren't able to do right now. But then they countered with what they felt like they could do. And I had the option to say yes or no. Then the power is actually always yours. Yeah. It's the power is still always yours, even though you have to jump out of there and throw it out there. They're like, oh, this is a great, but this is what we're thinking. This is what we can do right now. And I was like, yeah, I can do it. Yep. I can do it. And so, um, you know, I have a good, another good buddy of mine where he's at the point now where, and I'm not at that point yet, but he's at the point now where he has what his cutoff is, like the minimum that he'll take. Mm-hmm. And if it's like a dollar below that, he, he won't take it. Like, that's powerful, man. That's extremely you- powerful. Like, like he's like, if it's a dollar less than what I want, I'm not. No, this is this is what my value is right here. This is what I bring. And he'll say, Craig, I'll just pass. I'll say, hey, I can give you the name of some other people that may do it for that. But I know what my value is. And so even if he says no, he 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 just got he got more coming anyway. Yeah. You know. So I'm not at that point. If you counter and I say, oh, okay, you know, I I can do that. But now if it's like nickels and dimes and it's not worth the time yeah because now that i'm a family man i have a wife um yep. i have a daughter yes so it's like 
me preparing, that's going to take time from them. So, like, is this worth my time? And if the answer is no, then I just say, no, I can't do it. Yeah, uh, that's profound, man. Um, this, I, and I pray that you get to the point where you have your cutoff soon. Um, that's yeah. gonna be dope. Uh, let me know what that number is. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, uh, Five hundred million dollars. <laughs> did they catch you before that point, man? Craig, we have a lot of other stuff that we have not touched I know. on. I know. But I'm, I'm I'm trying to be mindful of time. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to part two you too, man. I gotta give you a yeah, part two fine. for sure because I know just looking at wait, you saying it's a lot on there, huh? You saying gospel choir? Wait. <laughs> What do you mean? What you gospel? You said sang on the gospel choir in college. You asked something that was interesting that most people didn't know. <laughs> yeah, like, no, what, I'm what, what was the question? Wasn't that, that the was question? The, like you said, that was yeah. the question. Most people don't know that. <laughs> la 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 la. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I can't take it. I'm crying, y'all. Uh, uh, I got. Man. Wait, I got I got one last question for you. Y'all hear the judgment. Y'all hear the judgment in his voice, right? Y'all see what I have to deal with. That's why I don't talk to him in years. I only can deal with him once every year. Yo, I'm about to start calling you like three times a month. Uh Yo, we used to talk more often. We gonna do that, man. That's we awesome. are, we are, man. I was uh it's my fault. Uh I'm an introvert and I become a hermit. You're not the only one. There's just the only person I really talk to is my homeboy Carl Van and my mama. Everybody else. Yeah. I love y'all, but I be in the hole. No, I get it. I get it. I need to stop doing that. But I need to stop doing that because I can be having conversations like this with you without it being on a podcast, and this could have helped me a year ago. So I need to do better. That's that's a part of me, uh, personal growth that I need to embrace. Just my time management and managing my relationships. I'm working on that. All right. Your greatest influence, you said, my parents. Got to give the parents some love before we get out of here. So. Talk yeah. to us about your parents. Man, um, so my parents, and what I share about them <clears throat> is no knock on, it's not a knock on any other parental unit or anything like that, but like my parents, they're not perfect, obviously. Nobody's perfect, but literally they were the example of everything that I'm living now, mm. they provided some type of blueprint while I was growing up for me to be able to pull from. I'll give you an example. In philanthropy, I saw my mom constantly serving the community, still serving in the community to this day now, um, back in Clarendon County and Manning. I saw my dad give tirelessly to the community. Um, I saw my dad dedicate 29 years to helping individuals with disabilities and special needs. Mm -hmm. I saw my dad have so much patience. I saw him show up for every sporting event that I had. You know, he worked 45 minutes away one way. Like I saw like just his ability to just like be sound and even keel and dedicated to the person who was in front of him. And so my dad's nickname was Judge. And so growing up, I just like Judge, everybody called him Judge, Judge, Judge. And, you know, as I got older, I just kind of saw kind of partly where that name came from. 
I'm sure it's some wild story that comes with it too. <laughs> but but the part that I really relate to is like that I see now is people used to always come to my dad for like sound advice. And I never, cause you know, as kids, you hear when your parents on the phone gossiping or, or doing something or talking to somebody. Like I never, people trusted my dad with so much. Mm-hmm. And he held on to all of that. He gave people so much sound advice. And so my mom was a teacher and they just gave us consistent love, man. Like consistent, consistent examples, the things that they were supposed to do. I never heard my parents curse. Like I never, I never saw, you know, abuse. I never saw any of those things that a lot of people experience and they end up being fine too. Right. right. You know, because, um, people can overcome circumstances to be great. So those experiences don't define you, but just speaking from my personal experience, I just saw everything that I wanted to have in a marriage with my, my current wife, Tasia, um, who is phenomenal, man. Like she is like so amazing. And to have a bonus daughter with, um, with our marriage with Tanaya has been the ultimate blessing. So yeah, my parents have just been for me and my brothers, just the greatest example, man, of, of what I'm supposed to do. Like anytime I like, fall short or need to reach back to figure something out, there's something that happened in my childhood or into my adulthood that I can pull from a memory mm-hmm. for everything. <laughs> like even the, even the craziest things I can't say on camera. <laughs> this is the crazy things you go through as teenagers yeah. that like I, like I really talked to my dad about that. Oh man, listen. <laughs> like, like, yeah. You, there's some of the stuff you look back because, yeah. and and I and it goes back to what we were saying about mentorship. It doesn't, you know, that what what I got from my dad and um, what I have from my my older brothers now, um, is that kind of no judgment. Like this is what this is part of being a man because like if you have this holy and now judgment complex and you know don't do that, don't do that. It, it, it's just not, it doesn't work for a lot of people. It doesn't work for it. Yeah, and so, like, I literally, I look back now, I was like, I thought to my dad about that. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> and he was there. He's like, yeah, son. Like, I had an experience where this happened to me. Yeah. And even with my mom, you know, talking to her about different things and being open to her now, especially getting older now, just expressing, like, times when I'm feeling low mm-hmm. and missing dad and calling my mom, like, I'm having a moment. Like, I'm out of it, you know? And so, yeah, man, my parents are just, they're the best man and so i lost my father um 2018 july 5th 2018 and um miss him every day man i i I know you can yeah yeah i yeah i can yeah before i met you oh that part of my college struggle man yeah all the fathers out there, shout out to y'all, man. Y'all, yeah, y'all sure. have no idea. <laughs> no idea, bro. No idea. I, the, I, I'm over here smiling because I'm thinking about the conversations me and my dad had that I cannot <laughs> talk about. <laughs> it's how the lessons just hit you as you get older, man. It's oh, like, man. Dang, that's what dad was talking about when I was 15. Yeah. And I'm 35 yeah. now. Sheesh. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm 36. Ugh. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's what old I don't know how old I am. Uh, uh, <laughs> you laugh. Last year, Rob, last year, I thought I was older than what I really was. 
the entire year, I went thinking I was already 39 last year. And then when my coworkers was like, when were you born? I was like, 1981. She was like, uh, Craig, you're 38. And I was like, <laughs> Yo, it happens, man. I, I was like, you just gave me a year of my life. I appreciate that. Yeah, just gave you a year back, man. Well, yeah. Craig King. Man, we, bro, we, we just scratched the surface. Like, I, listen, you got to have me back, bro. I, I'm going to have you back, man. I got, I got you on my list to get you scheduled for another episode, man. Uh, I needed this. And this I'm therapeutic, man. It is, man. It is. I don't have enough of these adult conversations. And these are the type of conversations that I want to expose people to, man. Like, you should have someone in your life like this guy that you can call, message on Facebook, or when you're in Orangeburg and you see a BMW, you squint your eyes to see if it's him, and then you call. No, I don't doubt realize... BMWs no more. I don't doubt BMWs. Oh, well, well, I remember the time I called, and I was like, oh, his number changed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a lie. My number's never changed. It didn't I've change? Had... Oh. No. Maybe you I dialed the up. wrong number. And that's when I had a singular wireless. No wonder you're no longer in business. Um, but thank you again for joining us, man. Um, I'm going to put all of your contact information that you gave me on your uh, your intake form in the description. But you want to shout out your social medias and where people can find you? Yeah, yeah. So personal is CQ King. Business is Craig King Group. Podcast is Craig and Kobe. All the same on Instagram and Twitter. So follow me. You be using Twitter? Yeah, I get on Twitter. <laughs> I'm more I'm more on it now than than what I used to be. When that first came out, I was hitting it up all the time. What? I was averaging like fifteen tweets a day. Yeah, but now I'm not I'm even just... gonna get into the Twitter con. I deleted my old Twitter. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us once again. You know you can follow us FME underscore podcast on Instagram. You can follow me personally at complete spell with the K underscore vision on Instagram. Jessica's information will also be in the description. Why am I saying that? Because I can't remember how to spell it. It's expose her. That's how you spell it for the Instagram, but it's in the description. Join the Facebook group from my experience podcast. Please like the from my experience podcast page on Facebook. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves physically mentally, financially, and since Jessica's not here, I got your back, Jessica, and spiritually. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace.